This is Tim Albright with AV Nation with an AV Nation special taking a look at the SCN Hall of Fame class of 2021. And with me, it is my very good pleasure to welcome Joe Pham, President and CEO of QSC. Welcome, sir. Hi, Tim. Good to be with you today. Thanks oh, for good to see you on. as always. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love talking to you. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we're going to get onto, onto some of those things. And, and um, there are a couple of, of you know, uh, things that, that you have done uh, over the last few years. And one of the things that that um, folks have, and when we talk about the this, this Hall of Fame, um, is how we got here. So first and foremost, congratulations on, on making it uh, and being selected into the SCN Hall of Fame. A um, lot of distinguished folks. A couple of them still work for QSC. I'll, I'll point that out. Um, <laughs> So you've got a you've got a good uh, a good roster there, and one of the things that I find fascinating is just to simply ask people the the the, the question: How did you get into AV? Yeah, uh, well, before we even go there, I just want to thank you for the selection. It's a tremendous honor. Um, I love AV, and, and I think we'll we'll get into all the reasons why. But for for someone that grew up loving audio and technologies, to to sort of have this. Uh, be part of my career. It, it's it's tremendously exciting. It, it's really fun. Um, uh, to answer your question, I I, I got into AV because I love music. Right, I started playing guitar as a kid. Um, played in high school bands. Thought I wanted to be a, a front of house engineer, um, but then actually found my way to UCLA and uh, did that thing and then did the business thing at McKinsey. And then really it was the point in McKinsey where I wanted to get back into the industry. So I resigned from McKinsey and found my way to the NAMM show. You know, I had, had a list of all the CEOs in Southern California. Uh, fortunately met Barry Andrews and then that struck, you know, that started a series of conversations and I joined QSC a few months after that NAM show meeting. So it was really just um, a way for me to get back to what I love, which is music and technology and, and everything sort of AV related. So talk for a second about this because you are, you know, you're, you're, you, you are a musical, a musical CEO, but you're also a business CEO. And that, that's one of the things that I, I think people sometimes miss here is that you are, you are not a founder, right? Uh, like, like some folks in the, in the industry, but you've come along and you've, you've actually added quite a bit of, of business sense um, to the industry where, Yes, we're still, you know, we, we are a maturing industry, but there, there is a lot of places in our industry where we're still young. Um, I have a buddy that refers to it still as the wild, wild west. And there are certainly times <laughs> and places where I see that. But there are folks like yourself who have grown up in, in the business side, right? Uh, yeah. Talk for a second about what you, what you were able to bring from McKinsey uh, into, you know, from a business standpoint and, and kind of a forecasting and, and vision casting standpoint uh, into QSC. Yeah, you know, when I joined QSC, it was a phenomenal organization, right? The founders started the company in 1968. They went through all that entrepreneurial greatness of building a company, a brand, a culture, all of that. And, you know, QSC has always been on a growth trajectory. And, you know, when I joined in QSC at, in 2004, I was just able to contribute with the founders to chart out the next, the next uh, path of growth for QSC. Um, and it's been an incredible uh, journey. And, you know, so we brought in, just with the McKinsey background, 
even though all the business fundamentals were there, I just brought in a little bit more, uh, uh, perhaps uh, uh, different ways of looking at strategic planning, looking at ways, mm. looking at business planning, looking at um, the, the industry and the environment. So these were all things that all companies do and to grow, you know, from 68 to when I joined a QSC, QSC obviously did it well. Uh, it was just a, it was just an opportunity for um, me to join and bring perhaps uh, new experiences to the executive table with the founders. And it, it's been incredible. It, it was really, really uh, enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I, I would be remiss without talking about is, is your involvement in the industry and, and, and giving back in, uh, as, as far as you know, leadership as well uh, with the organization such as Avixa. Uh, you spent six years on the board. You were the past chair. Um, I think we were talking earlier, this is, this is the last couple of weeks as we're recording yeah. this at, at the end of, of 2020. Um, why is it important to give back in, in, in the way of, of volunteering um, in leadership and, and volunteering in Avixa or other, you know, other trade organizations? Yeah, well, um, before I even get to important, I'll just tell you why it's easy. Is, okay. is, it just goes back to just loving the, the industry, the technology, the people. Right. So it was easy for me to uh, want to get involved in, uh, in VIXA and, and donate my time uh, with the VIXA. Um, uh, it's an incredible organization. It's, you know, uh, it was a great, it, it, it has been a great uh, opportunity for me to be Im involved. Um, I think the important side of your equation, uh, of your question is, you know, our industry needs to advance, right? And, you know, I always, I always describe our industry as this 100-year-old industry where roughly 100 years ago, you know, the, the, need to, uh, the need to be seen and need to be heard became more and more important. We started with PA systems and we, and we, you know, and we you know, actually, as a sidetrack at QSC with the founders, we charted out the 100-year history of the industry. And so I, I have... A, 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 you know, I'm familiar with some of the key milestones of our industry's history. Uh, but yet when you look beyond outside of our industry, in many ways, we're still way behind, yeah. way behind other industries. Um, we are a technology industry. There's no doubt about it, right? You can just see that the technologies that have emerged over the last 10, 20, 30 years in our industry. But yet when you when we take a broader view of the technology world out there and the, and the various other technology industries out there, we're way behind. We're, you know, we're way behind. So uh, it was important for me to join Avixa just to be part of that conversation on um, how the industry will evolve, how the industry should evolve, how do we continue to support our members in a big set, but how do we make sure that we're a forward-looking organization so that this is an industry, uh, you know, the industry that we all love to be a part of can thrive for the long time. So it was both from a, uh, an easy to do, but important uh, thing for me to try to contribute to. And then in return, I mean, we're talking about, you know, me contributing, but in all honesty, in return, I've gotten as much, if not more, out of a big set than I've given to a big set. So just being a part of that group and being, a, you know, being privileged to that conversation and really looking at the industry has just made me a better executive at QSC. Mm. Well, you, you said that, that we are still behind. Why do you, why do you think that is? And, and how do we get, 
I'm not going to say ahead, but how do we at least catch up? Why do I think it is? Or, or yes, And then how how do we how do we at least get caught up? Yeah, well, I, I, it's not. I, I I wouldn't say it's surprising. Uh, and and I'm not familiar with a bunch. Of, I'm not familiar with the you know many other industries beyond AV. But I would imagine many industries are behind when it comes to the technology, right? So with with technology that really. Uh, is really innovative technology and is for, you know, that has sort of mass adoption above, uh, you know, across the planet, we've got our high tech innovative companies and you can, you can name them, right? You can Google and, and, and on and on and on, right? Um, and an AV is a company that grew up with focused on A and B, and we, we design all the technologies to serve A and B, but it's at a point now where, um, you know, the broader technology adoption is so pervasive that for us not to push our, uh, not to go in that direction, we will be an industry that's left behind. Yeah. So one, it's not surprising. And, and you know, I'm kind of speaking a little vague, but like one clear thing is hardware versus software, right? I mean, when, when we talk about the hundred year industry of this industry, it's, you know, 98% of that history is a hardware based industry, right? And it, it, we still see it today through, through everything, uh, uh, you know, when, when we take a peek out of the industry in terms of the products that are there, the, the conversation that it's there, the business models that are there today, we're all developed and grown up in a hardware-based uh, industry. But when you look at your own life, my own life, and, and the technology world, software is the dominant IP. Software is the dominant IP. And uh, so our industry shouldn't be any different. In fact, uh, the I think some of the more innovative companies in our industry have already made these pretty very significant leaps in terms of bringing software to the portfolio, bringing the magic that software can bring to our products. And, and so we're just going to see more and more of that. But um, I, I just think what will hold us back is any of the long-term rear view thinking in terms of what the industry is, because I do think we're, we're at that five, 10 year period where this industry being a hundred year industry in hardware will make a significant shift uh, into software and other, and other technologies um, uh, that's, that's, that we don't see so much in our, in our AV industry. That actually ties into the presentation that you did a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago. Um, and I would say, you know, unfortunately, the last time that, that us in the U.S. got together as an industry, Infocom 2019, yeah. uh, at least in person, right? We, right. We've all had several um, virtual events. Um, but the last time that we were all in person uh, in Orlando, you did a presentation um, and not only, you know, some, some people in the press called it bold, um, innovative, um, inspiring. It really kind of come, came down to this is, is you were challenging the industry to stop thinking about the hardware in essence. I mean, you can, you yeah. can correct me if I'm wrong here and I don't want to put words in your mouth, 
but you made references to Endgame, to Avengers Endgame. You made references to Game of Thrones, but really, kind of that that really the the those two movies and the way you were leveraging that was seeing you know how different sides of um of a, of a conflict uh, were able to to leverage their strengths, and you were encouraging the industry to leverage our strengths and and to look beyond selling just the boxes. Right. Um, talk for a second about that presentation, but also how QSC has helped at least, you know, um, put, put, you know, fuel to, to what you were talking about and actually moving in that direction. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, um, uh, with the presentation, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so I, I, could know, tell. <laughs> I really enjoyed it and whether, uh, people thought it was bold or crazy or provocative or, or, or whatever, right. If, if it, if it, uh, if it made members of the audience just think a little bit about our industry, then then it was successful uh, in, in that regard. But you know, it's it's really it's sort of like um, what I was just mentioning. Uh, um, what I was just mentioning now, actually, you know, the, the industry we develop business models. Well, one 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 phase of our industry. Let me let me just go back a little bit. I, hope, I, hope I don't take too long here what but one phase of our industry was the creation of incredible businesses in select product categories okay so i'm going way back to qsc and amplifiers and eaw and loudspeakers and greg mackey came out with mixers and then you can go on and on with different video categories beyond the audience so that was the, the 70s and 80s in our industry where where it evolved to product categories because there was so much innovation that had that could happen in each product category and we saw great brands emerge out of our industry well once that innovation was mostly tapped then the next level of integration was the was the integration of all these product categories but in this process, our industry, when you look at our channel and when you look at, you know, a lot of people who make a living in our industry, they built business models, taking all these products and making, you know, putting them together and making them work as a great system, right? Yeah. That's what they deliver to the end user. But the technology has advanced so much that the technology is doing so much of that today. So part of the, the message I was trying to get across with the Infocom presentation is you we all have to relook at our business model and really challenge our thinking on where do I add value to the customer, right? To the end customer who is everybody's customer, right? And if you, you know, for, as an example, if you add value and you've built your company around taking a bunch of different products and putting them together to make it work for the customer, well, that, that is a really diminishing value today and in the coming years. So it was, it was really a, a challenge to rethink business models. And so when you go down this line of thinking about how do you rethink business models and where do you really add value? value, like human capital, intellectual capital value, right? Then you're going to want to leverage all that the technology has to offer and not duplicate what technology is already doing today. If you go down that path, you're seeing software bring the world together. Uh, you know, first it was hard codex, soft codex, you know, and there's a lot of things that we can cite in our 
in our AV industry with this trend. But if you look beyond the AV industry, you know, they were talking about this 15, 20 years ago, right? Software Eating the World uh, was the famous paper that came out. Um, and so, um, you know, just being with QSC and just being, you know, having the privilege of working with the founders and so many great executives who are always looking ahead, we saw this trend, right? We saw this trend well over a decade ago, right? We saw this trend 15 years ago. And so being a company that's always committed to growth and innovation and thriving, we started investing heavily in this direction, right? And, and so, you know, our, 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 our main technology platform today is QSYS. It is a software-based audio video control platform. Um, and it was designed to be a software-based audio, video, and control platform from the very first line of code. Right. I mean, so when it was launched, being an audio company, it came out more as an audio processor, but we've always had, had designed the platform to extend to audio video control on a, on a soft level, on a software level. Um, so it's, um, you know, hopefully I answered a, a bit of your question, but it was, it was sort of looking at the industry, challenging the business models, really questioning what value uh, are we adding today and the, and, the, and the thesis is the value that we need to add today and in the coming decades is very different than the value that our peers and our, our industry was adding over the last decade or two. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get into to QSIS for a second because that, that is kind of the, the, the keystone of, of this move. Uh, a couple of pieces here. One is the fact that, that QSIS can run on a, on a Dell server. Uh, you know, um, and, and that is, that was unique uh, at the time that you guys released it. Yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think, but maybe one other uh, platform that does that, uh, that, can, that can do that. Why is it important and, and, and to, to utilize and, and leverage existing software, existing computer, existing technology platforms for the AV industry, um, because it does fly in the face of, of your competitors. It does go against the grain of, you know, dedicated pieces of hardware. I'll yeah. also bring in the fact that, that your programming language is, is you guys utilize Lua, which is a, a, a you know, a, a software, a computer software code already. Why is that important to, to go down the vein of, of the mainstream computer industry or, or software industry? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of main points there, right? And a couple of reasons why. One is it gets back to our conversation that the premise that our technology is behind the rest of the world, okay? Then if you believe in that premise, you would want to leverage the technology outside of AV. And if you look at you know, the amount of billions of dollars of research and development that gets poured there, right? Intel's got one of the biggest R&D budgets on the planet, yeah. right? Uh, and then you start tracking Intel processing and, and, and the power, you know, you get this incredible scale and leverage effect from the technology world that's outside of AV. So then you conclude, why wouldn't I want to benefit from that? Right? Why wouldn't I want to, you know, QSC 
and you know, it, you know, our, our R&D budget is limited, right? There's only so much that we can spend in design and development. So why wouldn't we want to leverage all of that money and innovation that's happening outside of AV to bring that to the AV industry and deliver that to the customer, right? And so that's, that's one of the fundamental technical uh, um, backbone of the QSIS platform. And like you mentioned the, the Dell server, you know, so, so there was, there's two, two, two parts to my answer. So the first part is why we would do that. The second part is why our industry should adopt it. Okay. You know, and, and that to me is going to be, uh, well, if you give me a, a long enough horizon, I'm going to say, of course, we're going to adopt it. Okay. But you know, the industry has a lot of inertia. Yeah. Right? The industry has a lot of inertia and that comes from, you know, the, the quote unquote manufacturers. I, I'm putting quotes in our video chat because I actually, you know, I don't really like that word. Uh, um, um, and it comes from the, the channel. There's a lot of inertia. And so it's hard to move the inertia. And so uh, when our, indus our industry will choose to adopt it and the customers that are, are, are deploying AV technology will choose to adopt it when they do. Um, and so even getting back to the Dell thing, uh, the, the Dell situation, if customers want to sort of take that paradigm into their, into their enterprises today, great, right? We can serve them. Um, if customers don't, we can serve them in a different different hardware paradigm, right? Yeah. Our own, our own, our own hardware design boxes. But the, the important thing, so when, when the announcement of the, uh, the Dell server, uh, is running on the Dell server came out, obviously it was a very exciting, um, and one of the most exciting things to me is it was basically proof that QSIS is a software-based platform because I can show you, I can say it a hundred times and I can show you the PowerPoints and why it's a software-based platform, but here is, is proof, right? It's an off-the-shelf server and we're delivering our QSIS platform in a software format onto it. We didn't design any of that hardware. Right. So uh, that was that was a really great uh, technical milestone for our for our team. Yeah, I'm very proud of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, as we wrap up here, um, one of the things that I always like to ask uh, folks in your position is, is look ahead uh, and where do we see the industry? And, and I've I've stopped because of covid uh, asking people <laughs> five years. I, I have no clue where I'm going to be in five minutes. Right. Let alone five minutes. Um, but, but let's take a gamble and let's say a year, right. Or a year and a half. And, and, and by the time this posts, it will be 2021. And I'm assuming yeah. that the world didn't collapse at the end of the, at the, at the, at the new year. Um, where do we see our, our industry, uh, as a whole, right. And then this includes, you know, the, the, the unfortunate folks that have been impacted from the live staging, uh, obviously, you know, integration, you know, depending on the, on the vertical that you're in. But where do you see the industry as a whole in a year, maybe a year and a half by mid-22? Yeah. Um, by by mid, by, by what time frame, Tim? Mid, mid like beginning of 22, mid-22. Oh, I think we'll be very healthy. Okay. I think we'll be very healthy. I think there, I think there are two. So if you, if you, you know, 2020 was the shock year. Yeah. 
2021, and you know, this is anybody's guess. You're asking me for my guess. I'm going to give you my guess, right? 2020 was the shock year. 2021 is the transition year. And by 2022, I think we'll be in good shape, uh, great shape as an industry. And, 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 um, and sort of two things come to mind. If you look at, you mentioned live sound, okay? You mentioned live sound. So let's, let's, let's very uh, rudimentally just look at two key uh, sections of our industry. One is the live sound performance oriented uh, live events sort of side. And the other is more of the collaboration side that you see in enterprises in higher education and lots of uh, uh, companies and institutions. Okay. So on the live events side, man, we all miss <laughs> connecting, right? I mean, that's how I, that's how I first fell in love with this industry, right? I wanted to be a front house engineer. We all miss that connection the connection of being the audience, the connection from performer to audience, the connection of playing in bands, the, you know, that, that, that is, we, cause none of us have had it in 2020, right? In 2021, it's gonna be transition. I don't know how much we're gonna get it, but by 2022, you know, I have, I have confidence that uh, we'll be in great shape and we're all gonna have this latent demand to go to entertainment and venues and, concerts and it's going to be great right it's going to be not only great for the industry but fun for us as consumers and fun for us as fans in the audience and then on the collaboration side of uh, uh and i use the word collaboration broadly just like we're collaborating right now right yeah um you know what strikes me is the the shock of 2020 going into 21 it's it's brought us apart physically, right? But yet the, we are all adopting all the technologies that are bringing us closer virtually and a lot of us closer virtually, okay? Because um, one, one example, just, just you, when you look into QSC or when you look into any of these other companies, you know, it's a lot easier for me to get my team in India uh, on the screen, my team in Germany on the screen, right? So all of the, you know, all these global enterprises, it's actually a lot easier to connect with everyone. We yeah. all learn how to use Zoom, right? We're, we're, we're on Zoom right now, right? Uh, we've all learned how to use Zoom. We all learn how to use Teams. And so it, it's, it's really uh, fascinating that while we're more physically apart, we are closer together now than I feel closer to some of my global teams than I've ever felt, right? Because, you know, prior to this, it was the, okay, I, I, you know, I would make my trips around the world and visit uh, offices around the world, but yep. you can't do that nearly as well as just getting on a, a Zoom call with, with your entire team. And so the, the value that we're getting today with this technology we're going to, you know, we're, we're not going to drop it in no. 2021. We're not going to drop it in 22. So it all comes back to then your question. I think we've got a very healthy industry in the years ahead, both in terms of the real, real life physical connection that we make uh, in live events and performance, as well as in the more professional collaborative 
uh, environments that we find ourselves in. I think they're both going to boom. So, I like to say I'm long on both of them. Okay, very good. That's it. And for the, you, those of you who invest, you know exactly what that means. Basically. <laughs> He's in it for the long haul, folks. I know. All right. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate your time, Joe Fam. Again, congratulations on making the, the SCN Hall of Fame class of 2021. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with you or QSC, how do they do that? Yeah, well, so the, my email is just joe.fam at qsc.com. It's, it's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Um, QSC, you know, lots of different ways to get in touch with QSC. Right. You can go to qsc.com, for example. Let's start there, absolutely. <laughs> start there, yes. For us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. Find this program and a host of others, including our two weeklies. One is called Resi Week, looks at the residential side, and the other is AV Week, looks at the commercial side of the AV industry. All that and more at aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. 